Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome into this week's edition of the Believe in Tobacco Road podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Stone, Believe Podcast, the network for professionals, available at Believe.com, also Apple, Spotify, or anywhere that you get podcasts. So on today's show, we'll give our uh, reactions to the Duke Duke Illinois game last night, also uh, UNC Iowa as well. We'll take a look ahead to uh, and give some of the uh, the best bets for the very limited slate for uh, for ACC football games this uh, this week. But starting out with uh, with Duke last night, uh, you know, <laughs> tough tough draw obviously against a really good Illinois team. Uh, and my, my first immediate takeaway from this ACC Big Ten challenge, and it, it, it's going to be kind of obvious after the Big Ten got off to a 6-1 six, six to one start in terms of winning six of the seven games. But the Big Ten is good. I, I, I mean, that, that's the best conference in the country. And I don't know that anybody is all that close. When you look at Illinois, Iowa, Michigan State, I mean, those are teams that all legitimate – Final Four contender type teams. Uh, You know, you go a little bit further down the line, you've got the Ohio States. Indiana looks to be improved this year. Michigan's off to a good start. Uh, It's just a a, a loaded conference this uh, this season. That's the first takeaway that I had from watching uh, a lot of those games last night, just to to give the kudos and and the love to the Big Ten because uh, they, they are for real this year. And, you know, UNC and Duke last night both played teams. UNC and Duke are both young, as we've touched on. Uh, and they both played teams that brought back veteran, not just veterans, not just guys with experience, but studs, guys that tested the NBA draft waters, got their, you know, got the, the feedback, came back, knew what they needed to work on. And it, it showed so far. Uh, Illinois is, is a legitimate Final Four contender. That, that, that is a loaded ball club. Uh, you know, athletically, they run the floor extremely well. Um, they, they have interior size, obviously. Uh, you know, Desumu is the point guard position is an absolute stud with six of 11 you know, from the field last night. Shot it, shot it well. Uh, six of six at the, uh, the foul line as well. And, and when you look at it in just in terms of overall play, I mean, Illinois shot it. 58% from the field as a team and 63% from three-point range. So, you know, not just not just were they were they really good and played a really impressive game, but they were dominant. I mean, they shot it extremely well. They were selective in their shooting from three-point range. They were just seven of eleven. Uh, when you take away those shots and you look at just their uh, their two pointers. Uh, they were 22 of 39, so extremely efficient. They were 18 to 24 at the foul line. They won the rebounding battle, 37 to 33. Uh, you know they fouled a little more than you would have liked, um, and they turned it over more than you would have liked. But when you win all those other categories, it doesn't matter all that much. And, and the guys that get the headlines are Desumu and, and Coburn, and, and rightfully so. Those were the guys that tested the NBA draft waters, but they had. Six guys in double figures last night. You know, two guys came off the bench scoring 11 and 12 points. Uh, Desumu, who's the guard, you know, he scores 18 points, grabs 12 rebounds, has five assists. You know, Coburn, 13 and 8, blocks two shots. Uh, you know, to an extent, you just got to 
understand that this this is a really good Illinois team. Like that they are a legitimate Final Four contender. Uh, and for Duke last night, their offense it, it just does not have any flow or rhythm to it. And a big part of it's the same thing I touched on in the last pot, last episode is they don't have anybody that they can just dump it to inside and go get them a basket when they really need a basket. That They haven't necessarily decided or determined yet who their go-to guy is. Now, maybe last night determined it for him because Hurt, you know, 19.7 rebounds. He was 0 of 6 from three-point range, but he was 8 of 15 overall. So, you know, out besides the threes, he was actually 8 of 9 from the field. So a pretty good night for Matthew Hurt. Uh, DJ Stewart eventually got going, but he got off to a really slow start. Uh, you know, Jalen Johnson really struggled, uh, and when he struggles, they're going to struggle. Uh, 7.7 rebounds was just 3 of 10 from the field. Johnson's a, a freshman, and he has had, in the, the game, the two games that he's really struggled, the two losses, he's really struggled with guys that are more mature than him and are stronger than him, which is to be expected uh, because those guys just, like, like it, says, it speaks for itself in that those guys just have more experience. Um, I think uh, you know Jamin Breakfield may be in position to get some more minutes. He did get some more last night, playing 18, had five points, five rebounds. Uh, Jeremy Roach had a solid outing. You know he was you know five, 13 points, seven assists, five of 11 from the uh, from the field. But uh, another, I mean they they just this team Duke badly needs somebody to step up and be the leader on the offensive end because the the offense just has no rhythm or flow to it. It looks stagnant a lot of the times. They aren't a great shooting team. So, so Duke just, you know, Duke has a lot to figure out. And this might be a really rough year for Duke basketball. I'm just, I'm just warning you because right now they don't, they don't look like a top eight team in, in the ACC. Now, I say eight, but I mean, they could be seven or eight. But right now they don't look like one of the better teams in the ACC. And look, there's a lot of time for Duke to figure it out. There is. So I, I'm not saying push the panic button, but as of this moment, things things that there, there's a lot of things that need to be improved if uh, if Duke is going to legitimately compete in the ACC this uh, this season. Uh, another thing I wanted to touch on before we got into to get into UNC's performance from uh, from last night, uh, the reaction to what Coach K said after last night's game, uh, in that Coach K was saying it's time to reassess playing during the pandemic. Um, and, and that's, you know, that's perfectly, I, I get what he's saying. And, and a lot of people are reacting to it in that Coach K is trying to, to use this to benefit his own team. Uh, and they're even throwing out that, you know, back, I think during the summer, Coach K had said that the NCAA couldn't afford to miss another NCAA tournament. Well, uh, two things, the, the two things can both be true. It is entirely possible that the NCAA can't afford to miss another March Madness. Think about how big of a cash cow that is. It's also possible that it might be time to reassess things because we're having so many cancellations. I mean, just look at the number of games that have been canceled in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. I think a lot of people are trying to say that Coach K might be trying to use this to benefit his team in a sense because his team isn't very good. But I just don't think that's necessarily the case because I think – I think what Coach K is, is really trying to say is nobody runs college basketball. Like, there's no governing body. And that, that's really what he said. And he's saying that you don't, 
you know, who do you report these things to or go talk to about these things? And he's absolutely right. Uh, who, who steps up and is the leader for college basketball in these situations? Um, now, it is true. They just seem in very good, as we just touched on right now. But I, I just don't think that necessarily is why he's saying that. I think it's more about when you look at the, the – a lot of people are saying, look at the timing after a loss. Well, it's also the timing of the number of cancellations that we're seeing. You have to take that into account as well. And, and it, both things can be true in the sense that Coach K can absolutely be right about the NCAA not being able to afford missing another March Madness and that it also might be time to reassess things. It, both can be true. They don't have to be – it doesn't have to be one or the other. And I think that's, that's the way that a lot of people are trying – to, uh, to frame this and view it in this, uh, in this situation. Uh, now, moving over to UNC's performance from last night against Iowa. Oh, look, look, the Heels got off to a rough start. Okay, tough game on the road. Understandable. The one thing you have to be extremely pleased about if you're UNC and Roy Williams, this team didn't quit. There were moments in that game in the second half where it felt like UNC might pull it out. They legitimately did. It felt like there were times where they, they might pull that game out. Ultimately, Iowa down the stretch was a little too much. They were the more physical team. They played like the more experienced team. And they were the better shooting team, which we knew going in. But you have to be happy if you're Roy Williams and company with the way that this team fought. Because they, they never mailed it in last night. They, they continued to battle throughout the night. And made things very uncomfortable for Iowa at for a few minutes there in that uh, in that second half. So I think that's something you have to be thrilled about. Uh, you also were able to do that. I think the foul trouble played a big part in why UNC eventually kind of gave out. Uh, you know, you you had four foul, you had fouls. Uh, you you know, all three of your big guys were in foul trouble um, in terms of you know Sharp, uh, Garrison Brooks. Armando Baycott were all in significant foul trouble uh, pretty early in the second half. Um, you know, I, I think you know, Garrison Brooks eventually really started to step up in the second half, played the way you would expect him to play, 17 points, 8 rebounds, 7 of 11 from the field. Sharp was terrific off the bench, 13 points, 6 rebounds, uh, he's 5 of 6 from the field, and, and that kid just tries to rebound everything. And I love watching him uh, because of that, because that, that kid competes for every rebound. Uh, I think that's something you have to love if you're a uh, if you're a UNC fan. Uh, you know, I thought even you know Caleb Love showed some flashes last night. Eleven points, six assists. There were there were moments in the second half where he really got it going. R.J. Davis had it going there at times. He had twelve points, eight assists last night. Uh, the, uh, another thing you have to be thrilled about for UNC: twenty-two assists uh, to eighteen turnovers. You're obviously not happy about the eighteen turnovers, but that assist number is significant from where it was. Last week at Maui, they are sharing the ball significantly better, uh, and that, that's a that's a very good thing for UNC. The turnovers still need to be cut down on, um, but I, you know they they played against the team that was more experienced, uh, has the best player in college basketball, and for the most part, they 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 did pretty well against Luke Garza. I mean, he he surged in the second half. You know, he he had a great stat line: sixteen points, fourteen rebounds, four blocks. But you have to keep it in perspective. They held him to 6 of 20 from the field. So you have to be pretty happy from, from that sense. Uh, Luke Garza, and this is something, if you, if you had told Roy Williams going into that game that you were going to hold Luke Garza to 6 of 20 from the field, he would probably have told you he felt like he had a pretty good chance of winning that game. 
But the problem was <laughs> the other three guys in the starting lineup for Iowa made 17 threes. And that was they shot seven, they made 17 of 40 from three-point range. Iowa absolutely shot the lights out. So that's something that you have to take into account. Look, Iowa's a really good team. I think that, that is a Final Four caliber team, especially with, with Luke Garza. And if Bohannon shoots like that and you know, Wisecamp plays like that as well, that is a Final Four caliber team. Like they, they are legitimately that good. But you have to be pretty happy if you're UNC that you battled back and made things uh, pretty interesting in the second half uh, in, that, uh, in that ball game. Uh, unfortunately for NC State, uh, they, their game against Michigan got canceled. was looking forward to, uh, to watching that one and evaluating that game as well. But obviously didn't get the, uh, get the opportunity to, uh, to do that. Uh, it does look like UNC now, with their game against Elon being postponed, they are going to schedule North Carolina Central for, uh, for Saturday's game uh, this, uh, this upcoming Saturday, which I believe is the 12th. Uh, so good, good make, game that makes sense against an H, local HBCU. It's good to see uh, Coach Moton and his team get that opportunity against UNC. Uh, then the Heels will play Ohio State, which is another really good test for this, uh, this UNC team uh, as they beat uh, Notre Dame last night. And then they get in to, uh, to ACC play with, uh, with NC State. So uh, that, that's kind of the road. And the good thing for UNC is they, is they head into that game against NC State. And look, this is a, like, like I've said, I think this is an NC State team that's, that's really good. They're a legitimate dark horse in the ACC. Uh, but UNC is going to be battle-tested going into that game. So I think, and I think they'll be more battle-tested uh, than NC State is because outside of the UConn game, uh, NC State hasn't really played anybody yet uh you know they've, they've had a lot of games get uh, get postponed unfortunately and that's just kind of the, the the times that we're in uh unfortunately but i i do think that that's that's a you know unc is going to be very battle tested when they do get into acc play and it, it doesn't look like at least at this moment wake forest is going to play another game until acc play gets underway so uh they will have had a lot of time off before they take the hardwood again uh, when ACC play gets uh, gets underway, and for uh, for Duke, Duke has games uh, on the docket. Uh, they play. Uh, they were supposed to play Elon. That game obviously ends up uh, getting getting postponed because of Elon's uh, positive tests, unfortunately. Uh, but for uh, for Duke, uh, in terms of before they get into uh, to ACC play. They have games coming up against uh, Charleston Southern on Saturday. Then they play. Then they play Notre Dame. Then they play Gardner Webb. Then they play Pitts. That's the the rest of the month for Duke. So I mean, Duke can win all four of those games. Uh, it'll the Notre Dame game is going to be an interesting test, and we'll have seen. We'll we will have seen. We will see how much they grow uh, between now and that game because I think that's a that's a big game. I think for Duke in terms of trying to build their confidence getting into uh, to ACC play. So it'll be, uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, how, how Duke, if Duke improves between now and then, because I think this is kind of a, a pivotal week coming up for the, uh, for the Blue Devils in terms of uh, trying to reach their, uh, their potential. Uh, NC State's schedule, they do play Florida Atlantic on Saturday. Then they, then they get Louisville on the road, then Campbell then UNC and Boston College. So NC State has a, has a pretty tough 
uh, last five games of the month, particularly those three ACC games. None of those are, uh, are going to be gimme. So we'll find out a lot about how good NC State is before the end of uh, the end of this month as uh, as well. Uh, now switching gears over to uh, to college football, we do know who the ACC championship game is going to be, as we've thought all along. Clemson and Notre Dame uh, going to be facing off in the uh, in the NCAA, or excuse me, in the ACC championship game. And if Clemson wins that game, you have to love the uh, the chances for the ACC to get uh, two teams into the college football playoff, which would be a scenario that uh, the ACC would obviously. Uh, be in love with so I think uh, I think that's uh, that's a very good opportunity I think for uh, for the ACC uh, now we do have a few games on the uh, the schedule for uh, for this week so we'll get into our uh, what I think the uh, the best bets are for these uh, these matchups you got four games coming up on uh, on Saturday Wake Forest on the road at Louisville that's a noon kick on ACC network 3.30, number 17, North Carolina on the road at 10th-ranked Miami. Duke at Florida State at 4 o'clock on the ACC Network. And Virginia at Virginia Tech at 8 o'clock on the, uh, on the ACC Network. So I, I would say, you know, three to four. Uh, honestly, all, all of these could be good games just in terms of, uh, of close contests. But we'll start off with Wake on the road at, uh, at Louisville. Uh, Wake has been off for a while. So they have had uh, a lot of time to uh, to prep for this matchup with Louisville. I think that bodes well for uh, for Coach Clawson and company. Uh, I know they won't have their uh, their starting running back in this uh, in this matchup, who was opted out of the season. They did kind of leave the door cracked for him potentially to come back, but at least it looks like he won't be in this matchup. Uh, I just ultimately feel like Wake is a better team. Defensively, uh, Wake's a two-point dog in this matchup. I, I like them to uh, to get the win on the road against a Louisville team that honestly has a lot of distractions going on with uh, with Coach Satterfield and some of his uh, his recent comments there in uh, in Louisville. Uh, the The main event for the ACC on Saturday, maybe the best game in the country. Number seventeen UNC on the road at Miami, uh, the tenth ranked Canes, who just can't seem to get uh, any love. From the college football playoff committee, they just keep getting leapfrogged by people and sitting in that number ten spot. Whereas uh, the playoff committee seems to have a lot of love for UNC, even after a loss. You know, they moved. I think they even moved up a couple spots. Remain put. They've been at you know seventeen and nineteen kind of since the last uh, the last few weeks. Uh, so an interest. I think this is a big game for for UNC, just in terms of the future. This is the kind of game where if you can get this win. On the road at Miami, you love what it does for your young team going into next season uh, in terms of believing that they can maybe win an ACC championship. So I, I think UNC has, has a ton to play for in this uh, in this matchup. Miami has, has kind of, they looked great against Duke last week. They had kind of been struggling a little bit before that. But I think UNC's offense is, is going to be a little too much. For Miami, both these offenses are pretty good. Miami has a good defensive front. If the Miami defensive front makes plays, it could be a long day for UNC, and that could end up being the difference. But I just like the way the UNC offense has been playing, so I'm going to go with the heels uh, plus three, plus three and a half, or whatever you get it at in this matchup. Uh, I like UNC in this spot. 
Uh, Florida Duke on the road at Florida State. Florida State's had to cancel the last couple games uh, due to COVID. Duke's been really has been so bad throughout the year. So you know what I'm gonna do for this one? I'm gonna say who the hell knows. Don't bet it. <laughs> that's what I'm, that's what I'm gonna say for this matchup because I have no earthly idea what's going to happen. Uh, Virginia on the road at Virginia Tech. The the line started on this game uh, with the Who's actually being a two and a half point underdog. And, and it's kind of interesting because, you know, uh, we went into the Clemson game last week and I was like, it, it was a surprisingly low number that, you know, Clemson would only be like a 21, 22 point favorite in that, uh, in that matchup. And the line is still at two and a half for UVA. So, so it's almost like Vegas hasn't adjusted to the fact that there aren't fans at Lane Stadium and that this Virginia Tech team just has not been very good this season. They were now granted they were competitive in the first half against Clemson. Do have to give them that before Clemson eventually blew them out and covered the spread. I, this is a Virginia team that has been trending well. They have played well really through, through over the last month and a half. Have really battled back to become a pretty good team despite quarterback issues. They're a team that just kind of gets it done in a number of ways. Whereas Virginia Tech just feels like a mess, uh, and it feels like. That program is so out on Justin Fuente that nobody's really buying in to the system anymore or playing for him. Uh, so with that said, also Virginia, Virginia's seven and two against the spread this year. Virginia Tech's three and seven against the spread this season. So I like the uh, I like the Cavs in this spot. I think you know plus two and a half, and honestly, I think Virginia probably gets the uh, gets the win in this matchup, maybe starting their uh, their first winning streak over Virginia Tech in a long, long time. But I, I do think Virginia uh, ultimately gets the win on Saturday night, and uh, the folks up in Charlottesville will be, uh, will be extremely happy with that. So that'll do it for this week's edition of the Believe in Tobacco Road podcast. As always, you can get it on Apple, Spotify, and Believe.com. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.